You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday and happy game day. You're listening to Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Sarah Avampato, host of your show. And as always, super excited to be here with you to talk all about the Los Angeles Kings and what we've got coming up for you today. Uh, We're looking at the game tonight because in this volatile COVID world, I feel like every pregame preview podcast needs to come with the caveat of like, we think it's happening. Uh, But so far, you know, nothing, uh, nothing major has happened to make me think it won't happen. But uh, on the agenda, the Kings are playing the Nashville Predators tonight. And we're gonna learn all about what we should be expecting in uh, in the game. So let's get right to it and uh, learn all about the Nashville Predators. So the Kings have had a little bit of a break uh, coming off of the bigger break after the holiday and the COVID pause. Uh, they've had a couple of days off to uh, see what happens. Uh, and now that they are back in action, they're against the Nashville Predators. Uh, and so we've got one half of Locked on Predators. We've got Nick Morgan here uh, to give us the basics on the Predators and uh, what is going on with them. So how is everything going over there in Predators land? How are you doing uh, as we ease back into 2022? Well, hey, Sarah, thank you for having me. First off, uh, always a pleasure chatting with you. Um, yeah, things are going pretty well for the Nashville Predators right now. Uh, they have two consecutive wins, nine wins in their last 11, and they're sitting pretty atop the Central Division right now. And if you flash back to the beginning of the year and read all those preseason predictions, this was a team a lot of people pegged as bottom to last in the Central, uh, one of the bottom feeders in the Western Conference. A lot of people thought rebuild was coming soon. And they have really proven a lot of people wrong this year, including a lot of people who write for the Predators. A lot of the fan base didn't really see this season coming. But it's a season in which everything that they needed to go right to be successful has gone right. And yeah, some of it has been luck. Um, won't won't deny that. Um, but they're also getting really, really good play from the players. They need to have great seasons. Yeah, I feel like that was something that – so I actually – on the, the national show on Locked on NHL, we did little like New Year's resolutions for each of the teams. And when I was, we went in the order of the standings because what other way to do things. And when I pulled it up, I honestly had not realized that the Predators were second in their division and were doing so good. Like in my head, I still had the vision of them kind of struggling through the beginning of the season and everyone being like, yeah, well, that rebuild is coming. And instead I, you know, actually checked back in with them and I'm like, oh, this team has actually really turned it around uh, and is getting performances from people who I think that, you know, when we talked earlier in the season, you know, the, the talk is all of who do we need to prepare to say goodbye to at the trade deadline? Who is, who needs to step back up or I'll see themselves maybe leaving this team. And it looks like everything's actually going the way it's supposed to go with the team in this position. Yeah, uh, I remember you and I did another crossover at the beginning of the season, and mm-hmm. what a 
difference it makes from mm-hmm. then. I think back then the Predators still hadn't won a game and uh, Andre Kopitar was on pace to be uh, have a Wayne Gretzky type <laughs> season. So uh, yeah, I guess maybe we shouldn't judge the first week of the season too harshly in retrospect, but yeah, as, as you mentioned, this has kind of been a season in which a lot of the, people that had kind of been written off. You know, you think of Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, to a lesser extent, Mikhail Granlin, because he was had a pretty solidly pretty solid year last year. All of those guys are having their best seasons in years. And by the way, we haven't even talked about UC Saros yet, mm-hmm. who might be a Vezina front runner, or Roman Yossi, who is having a better season this year than he did when he won the Norris two seasons ago, um, just in terms of stats analytics and I would say impact on the ice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these are a Predators group. This is a Predators group that's having everything fall their way this year. And players have really rejuvenated their game under John Hines. They're playing well. Um, you, know, you can just kind of see it in the ice. This isn't just a bunch of fluke wins or fluke goals kind of strung back to back to back. This is a team that's playing better and they're playing with an identity, which I think is a big change from the past couple of years. Where do you think that comes from? Is that, is, you know, you know, obviously you know, we're not in the room. We don't know necessarily what's going on in there, but is this just a case of the team needed more time to gel? Is it, you know, people who maybe hadn't bought in are finally like all on the same page because this is, this is a huge turnaround from, you know, the earlier in the season and really kind of the past couple of years where everyone was starting to look at the predators as, you know, an aging team that had the rebuild eminent. And instead they're, like we said, they're right up at the top of the standings. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of a lot of different things. Um, we talked about John Hines when he came in as head coach, um, Rachel Dory, a, a national sports analytics and, and writer. Um, she made the comment that this is a team that plays like they haven't had the Peter Laviolette beaten out of them yet. <laughs> so I did think it took maybe like a couple of years for John Hines to really get players. I wouldn't say buy in, but I would say maybe kind of fully understand and appreciate the style that he wanted them to play. The other thing is I think the Predators have kind of gone back to their roots in terms of scheme and in terms of the way they're playing the game. Um, Around here in Nashville, when you talk about Predators hockey, everybody kind of knows exactly what you're talking about. It's the games where it's not going to be pretty, maybe 3-2, 2-1, but you're going to get solid performances from your goaltender. You're going to get solid performances from your defensemen. Um, You're going to have four lines that just throw their body around and frustrate other teams. The Predators kind of got away from that after their cup run. You know, they started bringing in all these high-end offensive guys, and they kind of lost their way a little bit. They became less gritty, more pretty, and it didn't really suit them. And they were kind of a team that was kind of caught between what they think they should be and what they're trying to be. This year, there's no doubt the Predators are that old school team that's physical, that's tough, that defends well. And they've really gone back to basics this year. And you're seeing it everywhere up and down the lineup. We've got more with Nick coming up right after this Unlocked on Los Angeles Kings. 
So who are the players? I know you mentioned Roman Yossi is one who's having a, a pretty good turnaround season. Uh, uh, Yusei Saros, uh, of course, is sort of the backbone of the team in the net there. Uh, but I know you also pointed this out on Twitter that it's not just him. It's, it is kind of the whole team coming together. So who are the guys who are kind of sparking this resurgence of the Predators? Well, I don't know if this is somebody who's well-known kind of outside Nashville yet. I don't know if your Kings listeners really know too much about him. Um, Tanner Janot, Mm -hmm. that is a name to know if you don't already. He is actually top four among rookie scorers in the NHL right now, despite pretty much being a third-line guy. But I would argue there maybe isn't a rookie in the entire NHL, except for maybe most cider in Detroit who does as much for his team as Tanner Janot has for the Predators this year. He fills in on power plays. He kills penalties. He's the first penalty killing forward on the ice. He's out on the ice late in games. It doesn't matter if he's out there against the other team's fourth line, you know, expect some fights and whatnot. Or if he's out there against the other team's top line, you know, you're going to get great minutes from him. He's a player the Predators have used in a lot of different situations and has really thrived in whatever role the Predators have needed him to play. So that's a guy I think to watch out for, especially tonight in what could be kind of a physical game. Um, You know, the other guy to watch out for is a guy named Alexander Carrier. He's another youngster uh, sort of buried in Milwaukee for like the past few years Mm -hmm. last year during the uh the weird covid taxi squad year he wound up getting a chance at 24 years old for like his first extended nhl action and uh once he kind of you know lucked his way into the lineup he never gave that spot back he played in the playoffs a lot of fans were kind of thinking well Maybe he's just kind of going to be back to being a niche player, maybe a sixth, seventh defenseman. No, he has solidified his spot in the Preds top four. He's another guy that does a lot of things so well. He plays defense phenomenally. He's a great uh, quarterback in terms of getting the puck out of his own zone. Great at zone entries, uh, great on the power play, and he can still be trusted to go out there and play smart defensively. So those are two guys that I think maybe fans outside of Nashville may not know too much about but you should and I think you're gonna see it tonight Sarah because um, Preds versus Kings these are two teams that kind of have the same sort of identity Mm -hmm. you know defensive physical Uh, I would say tonight and correct me if uh, I may be wrong on this but I would say we could be in for a very uh, physical battle here yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, you, you talk about that sort of energy of guys like Tanner Janot and uh, Carrier, like the Kings, one of their most effective and fun lines to watch lately has been their fourth line, which lately has been uh, made up with uh, Blake Lazat, Brendan Lemieux and Arthur Kaliev, which are three players who like you don't, if you, if you know them and you know the kind of players they are, you don't really think that they would mesh well together but you know you have the 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 I mean everyone knows Brendan Lemieux he has a reputation he is what he is uh hopefully he doesn't bite anyone else ever again but you know he also has has that energy he's been scoring goals he's a pest and if he can stay on the right line of being a pest he's been pretty effective at that Blake Lazat is a very undersized 
center who just plays with uh, relentless energy. I think one of the guys in the Kings organization described him as like a mosquito in a dark room or something. Like he just <laughs> has no off button uh, and is really effective at getting in there into corners and fighting for the puck, even though he's a smaller guy. And Arthur Kaliev is you know, a, a guy with an amazing shot uh, who's still kind of adjusting. I don't think he's a, you know, his his profile as an NHLer doesn't say fourth liner to me, but right now he's fitting in on that role and being a guy who is there to, you know, make shots that the other two guys on that line can't do because of, you know, their skill level. And they have been one of the more fun lines to watch on this team uh, especially as maybe guys like Kopitar who got out to a good start have cooled off. Uh, it, it's, it is a little bit of that youth movement of players who are getting to step up and make an impact who you wouldn't really think would be doing it. Yeah. And it's interesting you say that because we, you mentioned the youth of LA that kind of brings me to something I'm curious about what's sort of the vibe about where the Kings are this season. You know, I know a lot of people kind of thought maybe, rebuild going into the year uh, that was certainly my take that they were mm-hmm. still maybe a couple years away from really you know having that youth breakout but they're still kind of hovering around there in the playoff race um and you know above 500 when it comes to points percentage so you know what's your take on kind of where the kings are at right now and whether you think that's sustainable in terms of maybe them making a run towards the end of the year Yeah. So like my take on them has always been, you know, that they are a good candidate for a bubble team of, you know, I I don't see them comfortably sitting in, you know, the first three spots. And I mean, the Pacific is weird enough as it is like literally no one, including ducks insiders, for example, thought the ducks were going to be any good at all. And here they are, you know, I think right now, second in the Pacific. So that's sort of thrown everything for a loop because everyone expected them to be, at the bottom of the standings. Uh, but, but I, you know, I really do think that if the Kings get on a hot streak, they can at least be in that conversation for a wild card spot. Um, you know, a lot of course is going to depend on what happens in the central division uh, who could very easily send five teams to the playoffs given you know, the, the standings over there. But, you know, I, I think the organizational look at where the team is, is that this is kind of the start of just saying, all right, go see what happens. Uh, they, you know, they've started to, move out a lot of those players who have just been like bodies essentially in the lineup. I mean, one one of the guys is actually in your lineup of uh, Matt Luff, who, you know, was kind of stuck in limbo in that, you know, couldn't quite earn an NHL spot, but was clearly too good for the AHL. Um, And, you know, the Kings decided to move on from him, which, you know, he was a little bit of a fan favorite for, you know, personality and his really great dog named Meatball and everything. But reality was there just were too many more talented prospects below him, pushing him out, you know, out of the depth chart. Um, But, you know, the Kings are kind of getting to that point where their prospects are, the guys in the AHL are ready to start making that next step. We saw Alex Turcotte make his NHL debut. And so far he's been acquitting himself pretty well. So I I think this is sort of the start of the organization's just saying, all right, we've invested in you. We brought in Phil Denote. We traded for Victor Arvidsson, like make something happen. So do they make the playoffs this year? I mean, my hot take was, yes, they do. Maybe not now that I'm seeing how the rest of the division is shaking out, but the, they, they should still be playing competitive hockey at the end of the season. 
Um, do they get in the playoffs? Who knows? But I think that they're going to be playing meaningful games, which is something that we haven't seen from this team in uh, April in years. We'll close out the show with a little bit more about the Predators and the Kings. But before we do that, let's talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline would love to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond in some of your favorite sports. BetOnline is, of course, the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. They've got a new updated website you can find on your phone or on your computer. Go check it out and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started. No matter what sport it is, if it's football, basketball, hockey, boxing, fighting, casino games, television shows, politics, like... Maybe you can bet on my cats there. I don't know. Whatever it is, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is, of course, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. So go check it out. BetOnline.ag. Promo code locked on. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, let's talk about uh, our former Fred boy, RV. <laughs> um, I, I know we talked a little bit about this uh, when we did our first crossover before the first Kings-Preds game. Um, but now that you've kind of had, give or take, half of the season to kind of see how he's playing, how he's fitting in with the rest of the Kings, um, you know, is, is this something that maybe is just, you know, a couple of years to fill a role until his contract's up? Or do you see him maybe earning a spot long-term as the Kings kind of process this rebuild moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that would sort of depend on what he's looking for in his next contract. I could see the Kings deciding to sign him for a couple more years. You know, I I don't think that he's going to get a long-term deal uh, knowing the prospects that are, you know, coming up through the system, but I, I have really liked what he's brought. He had, you know, he, he has been streaky, which I think is something that you guys are familiar with as well, that that's just a little bit of the player that he is, but he had a four point game the other night against Philadelphia and just a really strong performance. He's a guy that, you know, he, he loves having the puck on his stick. He routinely has like the most, or if not, you know, almost the most shots on the team. Um, And I, I think that he plays with, there's just a really infectious energy watching him play that he also is a player that he might make a mistake, but he will go back and make up for it later. There's a couple of games I can think of where he, you know, either took a penalty or was involved in a play that resulted in a goal against. And then later on he goes and scores a goal of his own, or, you know, he had a really great shootout goal the other day. Uh, And so you can see that kind of player in him that, earns the trust of the the coaching staff because it's like, okay, you mess something up, fine, go fix it. And then it goes and fixes it. So I I think that if he keeps performing the way that he is, I could see them wanting to bring him back for a little bit longer, uh, especially as we're waiting for those younger prospects to really prove that they can handle top six minutes. Uh, He has been a really great addition, just even just in terms of energy. He's not always scoring, but he's making something happen out there, which is more than I can say for a lot of other guys who have worn uh, Kings jerseys <laughs> over the past couple of years. 
Yeah, I mean, that was kind of our frustration with him in Nashville. And to, to be clear, we love him. Mm-hmm. You know, we still love him. And he was a great player for a lot of many years. But it was kind of one of those things where he would play on the edge a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it was right on the edge, which is fantastic. And sometimes it's like a step over the edge, mm-hmm. which is when bad things happen to good Preds fans. Um, so I, I think I, I see what you're saying. And I think what you're what you're describing is Arvidsson's kind of sometimes frustrating year is something that uh, us in Nashville are unfortunately very, (laughs) very familiar with. Um, How about the goaltending? You know, we know UC Saros and we know the season he's having. Um, Jonathan Quick, I mean, the numbers are good from like our perspective. You know, is he is he back to where he was maybe half a decade ago? Yeah, it, it certainly seems like he has found the goaltending fountain of youth. His performance this season has been, at times, what is keeping the Kings in, in these games and in sort of contention for being a wild card team. Um, honestly, like, no idea what's behind it. I know he had an off-season surgery, I think, cleared up something in his shoulder, I believe it was. Um, but, you know, that, that doesn't change your entire play as a, as a goaltender, but he, he's playing with, you know, confidence and he is, there have been very few games of his this season that I have thought have been like stinkers that I have been like, oh man, like that game's all on him. Uh, he, he isn't always getting the goal support that he needs from his team to, to win him games, but he, whatever, whatever is happening, whether it's off season training or, you know, mental focus or whatever it is, he has looked great, uh, which is good because Cal Peterson, who everyone expected to be playing more minutes and to be really edging more towards that starter role has struggled this season. Um, so someone, it was one of those like anonymous sources reported by a team insider kind of thing that basically said, the only reason Jonathan Quick isn't going to be starting anytime soon is like if he has COVID essentially, like he he's it. Uh, and it's very weird and sort of throws the Kings goaltending position into chaos because we all thought we had the path forward, knowing his contract is winding down, knowing that Cal Peterson is signed for, you know, the next several years and Peterson has struggled and I'm sure that he will bounce back. The Kings have done a very good job with their goaltenders, you know, Jack Campbell's the prime example of taking a guy who everyone thought his career was done and turning him around into the guy starting for the Leafs, essentially. Uh, so I, I have no doubt that Cal Peterson's going to get it figured out, uh, but the Kings are very lucky, which is the thing that I, I don't think I would have thought I would be saying a year ago, <laughs> but the Kings are very lucky that they still have Jonathan Quick and that they didn't trade him or do anything else with him uh, in, in the meantime, because he has been, his numbers are looking like the Jonathan Quick of old, uh, which is, I, I would love to know his secret. I really would. <laughs> Uh, I think all of us here who are over 30 years old and are experiencing back pain every <laughs> yep. time they wake up would uh-huh. love to get Jonathan Quick off the <laughs> Like, I hurt myself getting out of a, getting out of a chair. Or like I sit down in my car and I'm like, oh boy, like he's <laughs> out here going like right slits. side of my neck numb. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like my hands asleep. I didn't do anything. Okay, cool. And he's out there doing splits. So yeah. congratulations to Jonathan Quick, I guess. Hockey players, they are yeah. they're not like us at all. <laughs> All right, so we, we kind of hinted a little bit on how we thought, you know, the style of the game might go tonight. What What's your 
take on what the Kings can do to win tonight? What's your key to a Kings victory? I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about both teams and identity and the Kings is, you know, they need to go out in, from puck drop in this game playing like they're the Los Angeles Kings. We, a lot of the losses that we've seen from them have been because they sort of let the opponent dictate the game. Uh, we have seen them lose to like a Carolina Hurricanes team that was half AHL players. Uh, they're all very good AHL players, like no, you know, no shade on any of them. I, I watched them in the AHL and they're fantastic, but they shouldn't have won that game and they decimated the Kings. Um, so they, they have the tendency of kind of letting, getting away from their identity. Uh, sometimes you watch the Kings and you're like, have you heard of fact checking? Like, have, do you know? With that, you're, oh, you're just going to let that happen? Okay, cool. Um, but whenever they're on top of their game, whenever they're, you know, Todd McClellan talks about, you know, he wants to be a team where they have the puck all the time. And if they don't have the puck, that they're doing the hard work, the dirty work to get it back. And when they're playing like that, you know, the, the game that they played against Philadelphia that they just won, uh, that was what we saw from them. We, we saw a team that was determined. They were gritty. They were, you know, w- when they didn't have the skill, they were making up for it by scoring ugly goals. Uh, and when we don't see that from them, we see a team that just everyone, it's every man for himself. And that doesn't work. So the kind of the key to the Kings win is remember who you are, Simba, like just play the way that you're supposed to be playing uh, and actually work as a unit uh, because that's when they've had the best success is actually sticking to the game plan and not just going off on whatever tangent they felt like. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because that kind of ties into my key for the Preds to win tonight. And and we talked about this a little bit is that the Predators are very good at frustrating other teams. Mm -hmm. We we have guys like Janot and Yakov Trenin and Colton Sissons who like to stir the pot a little bit. My take is the Predators need to kind of get the Kings off of their game Mm -hmm. physically. And and the reason I say that is no offense to your Royal black, silver and white boys, (laughs) but yeah, the, the special teams for the Kings this year Mm -hmm. have not been great. Yeah. These are probably a team that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, probably want to play this game five on five Mm -hmm. as much as, Possible. Yep. And, and the Predators are a team that has done very, very well on the power play this year. I, I would imagine the Preds probably don't want to play shorthanded, but they've been fine shorthanded too. But yeah, this is this is this is kind of something that the Predators have been trademarked as as doing this year, and that is to kind of import in. Let me try that again. <laughs> enforce their will on the other team. You know, kind of getting them off their game, trying to make them play maybe a little bit physical game, maybe a little bit more of an edge than they're used to playing and getting opponents to step over that line. If the Predators can do that, you know, if you see guys like Sissons or Janot making big plays, like making big hits, you know, kind of drawing the attention of other guys, maybe a few slashes over the whistle. You talk also maybe about somebody like Philip Forsberg or Mikhail Granlin who use their physicality to kind of fight their way towards the net you know if they can draw 
uh, like a hooking penalty or a trip or some kind of, you know, stop progress penalty, that's going to benefit the Preds. You know, if the Preds get like three, four power play chances tonight, mm-hmm. there's a very solid chance they're going to capitalize in at least one. And in a physical game like this, where you have two pretty good goaltenders, that one special yeah. team's goal might be all the difference you need. Yep. Yeah. That you hit the nail on the head. The Kings would definitely prefer to be playing this game at even strength. I, I, I don't know why their special teams have been so bad the past couple of years. I can make some guesses, uh, but yeah, please no. <laughs> I don't need to see the penalty kill. Yeah, uh, I'll, you, you can pass that along to the Kings. If, I, <laughs> if I'm talking to the Preds today, I'll be like, I know what you should do to win. <laughs> make them take penalties. Yes. Uh, well, Sarah, this has been fun. It's always a pleasure talking to you and uh, good, good luck to the Kings for the rest of the year, starting tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, we, we wish you a little bit off your game tonight, but um, yeah, it, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for joining me today and uh, should be interesting to see how it plays out tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. I just hope that everyone has fun. There we go. Good, good. <laughs> Swiss Roman Yossi neutrality there. Exactly. Exactly. For people who want to hear more from the Preds perspective, uh, where can they find you and your show and everything online? Yeah, you can listen to us every morning on Lockdown Predators. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. You can find me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Also, uh, my lovely co-host, Ann Kimmel. Follow her at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You've probably heard her on a couple other podcasts this year. Yeah, check us out. We're a fun group. And of course, you can find uh, Locked on Kings for any Predators folks out there. You can find the show wherever you get your podcasts at Locked on LA Kings on Twitter. And I am also on the Bird app at Right Said Sarah, uh, shouting generally about sports. <laughs>